My name is J.W. Oker. I'm an author, and I like to go out and look for weird stuff. I call it oddity. For more than a decade, I've sought out oddities of nature, oddities of art, oddities of culture and history. I believe that within a tank or two of gas, of any point in this country, is some seriously cool oddity, and that we all should go check it out. This is Odd Things I've Seen, the podcast. For this episode, I'm going to talk about my own personal belief in the paranormal. And the reason why I want to do that is because it's coming up a lot more on interviews because of cursed objects. My entire life of oddity hunting is entwined with the paranormal. When I go find strange things and weird things, more often than not, the macabre is involved, the uh, legendary, the lore of the area is involved. And of course, when you chase paranormal entities, you're also involved in lore and weird and macabre. So my course as an oddity hunter has been directly parallel with that. And every once in a while I get asked about my beliefs. Uh, but it was very rare during interviews, and I've never written about the paranormal as the paranormal, right? The word ghost never appears in the cover of my, you know, nonfiction books, I don't think. Hold on, let me make sure I'm not lying. No. So I concentrate on the macabre and the deathly. It's just often the paranormal that people don't have to like ask me about it. But it's close enough that people kind of assume that maybe I do believe. But with cursed objects, my latest book it's right there on the cover, cursed. So they have to ask me every single interview, do you believe in cursed objects? So I have to have a big long talk about that. I have to break into the nocebo effect that scientifically might prove that cursed objects work on people. But what they really want to know is not that. They don't want like a technical answer. They want to know, do you believe in the paranormal? So I thought I'd do it. I've written about it before. I wrote about it on Otis a long time ago. And even if you read 12 Nights at Rotter House, there's a lot of me in there talking about what I believe about the paranormal. So I thought I would do it here, just from my own words, just honest and open and laid out. So first, I've got to say, very first, right up front, is that I dig the ghostly. I like it. I love the macabre. I obsessively search out spooky sights and objects. So I am, as I said earlier, always in paranormal circles. You know, I love it all. But to be honest and open, I don't believe in the paranormal. That's it. That's the sentence. I don't believe in the paranormal. But, 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 I am glad that other people do. So that's obviously two statements I need to break down. Let's start with the first one. I don't believe in the paranormal, and then we'll get to the other one. So I have three reasons for my lack of belief, and I will lay those out here in order of least importance. So I'll start with the most least important one, which is actually, I think, the one that most people use when they, when they debate the paranormal. And working up to the one that actually is the reason why I don't believe, the, the compelling point, the real kind of core of the matter of my disbelief or lack of belief or whatever it is that I have toward the paranormal. But that first reason that I don't believe in the paranormal is honestly, the evidence of mainstream science. It's a, it's a boring reason, I know. This is the arena where the debate is usually held, you know, between paranormalists and skeptics. It's boring, it's beat up, but let me check it off my list right quick, if you don't mind. So at the end of the day, this day, in the end of February 2021, the skeptic side just seems more compelling to me. Um, that science, and here's, here's why, let me, let me context it actually, because I don't mean that science just says... There's no such thing as the paranormal, and I take it, I believe that. It's that what they do believe, what science does, and I know I'm using science wrong, I'm personifying it, and all. it's just a process to find the truth, but just let me have that shorthand if you don't mind. <laughs> I guess I should be talking to myself, I'm the one who is um, countermanding me. But why, why I think it's interesting that science doesn't kind of rubber stamp or you know at least allow the existence of the paranormal into the system is because it does believe in invisible things. I mean, it believes or recognizes 
that there are microscopic organisms that nobody has seen with the naked eye. It's subatomic particles, right, that nobody has ever seen with the naked eye. We can only detect them through instruments. And sometimes not even directly through instruments. A lot of that is indirect observation. And yet it thinks there's enough proof out there to say, yep, subatomic particles. Yep, microorganisms. Um, invisible forces, right? Gravity and that kind of thing. They, they believe in, they, the science recognizes gravity and all these other forces. So it does all that, and yet it can't even find just a little bit of proof for the existence of dead, floaty things, right? Another beat up part of that is that today, again, into February 2021, I don't know why I keep reminding you that, there's this omnipresence of camera and video equipment, right? Everywhere, right? I have probably seven within arm's reach right now. And yet, despite that, despite that just coding of camera and video equipment on the world, it hasn't yielded enough evidence to even shift the conversation on ghosts, much less overturn it. And, and I mean that, again, in context of something else. See, we have multiple, multiple, multiple crystal clear videos of oarfish, those long, ribbon-like, serpentine, deep-sea fishes swimming in this vast, vast ocean. We have actual video of them, not just washed up dead corpses on the beach, not just dead, dead ones found while fishing, swimming around in the ocean. We have videos of that, the, the most, one of the most rarest animal phenomenons on the planet. We have high-res photos of tiny, tiny frogs out in the thickest jungles. We have tons of pictures of them, right, sitting on quarters to show their size for press ops. And we have them. We just have tons of documentation. And then, of course, <laughs> this is what I call the America's Funniest Videos phenomenon, that we have enough one in a million occurrences on video to fuel, like, 30 seasons of America's Funniest Home Videos. Like, one in a million stuff. The softball hitting the dad's head and then bouncing over into the pool and then hitting... We have all that stuff just on video that shouldn't be on video. It should never have happened to such a common degree that it ends up on video. And yet we do. So we have all that evidence of rare, tiny, one-in-a-million shot stuff, and we don't have a single clear shot of my dead great-great-great-great-great-grandmother. And that, to me, is compelling, but not the most compelling. Like, when it comes to those kinds of things, philosophies and sciences, whatever side of the argument you land on, you're going to just believe that, right? If you believe that science is being obtuse or too overly careful or too much or too elite, then, then you, you can rule them out. And if science believes, or if science believes that people are just mostly misinterpreting very natural phenomenon and their own sensory impressions, then you'll believe that. So whatever side of the argument you're on, you're just going to be on that side of the argument. So that one's not as compelling to me. That one doesn't push me to say definitely no paranormal, but it is a sliver. It's, it's a proof. If I'm like in a, in a court trying to convict somebody, I'm going to put that in as exhibit A. Exhibit B, though, is a lot more compelling to me personally. It might not be as compelling to you, but the second one is the evidence of my past. We're going to dig deep into the past of J.W. Oker. See, for decades, I was a fundamentalist Christian, highly religious, all in, bought in from a child for decades. I probably averaged seven church attendances a week. I mean, very, a lot of, between school chapels and Sundays going four times and Wednesday night prayer service and Tuesday night youth group and then, you know, summer camps and special events, missionary weeks. I've been to a lot of church, a lot of a lot of preaching. And the thing about it is, you know, back then when I was a Christian, I believed in ghosts, right? And demons and angels, talking animals, God stuff, humans, magic boats, resurrection of physical bodies. I believed in that. The evils of movie theaters and women in pants also believed in that. Basically, I was a believer in a lot of extravagant ideas without even a second thought. I just believed because I was, I was told that. And one day I wasn't. 
which is the big point. The point isn't that Christians believe extravagant things. Everybody believes extravagant things, no matter what your religion or your belief about the, you know, the, the fabric of the universe. The idea, though, what I want to get across is one day I believed, 100% bought in, decades of hardening, and then one day I didn't. Just didn't. And it wasn't one day. I'm, I'm obviously being hyperbolic, but it, at some point I went from 100 to zero. And what that tells me is that the belief of a single person is highly elastic. Like to believe in something one day and then disbelieve it the other. Like how do we ever like believe ourselves when we can do that? And we can 100% say, oh, I'm wrong today. You know, or I've been wrong for the past 20 years. How can we believe ourselves if we are constantly wrong? And it doesn't work. And it's not just goes from Christian to not Christian. It's the other way. Over the course of my life, I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people turn from a life of secularism to a life of Christianity. So one day they said, the, the life as I know it is wrong. There's a deeper, more fundamental reality wrapped around this boring one. <laughs> so they're going to jump into a church and say, now this is the reality that I believe in. So the fact that human beings can do that makes me want to strike all human beings from the courtroom and say, you guys, you guys are all, I can't remember the legal term, but you're not good witnesses. <laughs> so so that, that elasticity of human belief, that we all can believe in extravagant ideas, it's a proof that this one extravagant idea of the paranormal world is probably just with the rest of them. Just throw, them, throw it on the pile with the rest of them. And honestly, all of them probably not true. I mean, it's humbling. It's definitely humbling. Sometimes we pretend our mind is like this sieve, this really well-tuned sieve, if you can tune a sieve. I'm not sure about that. But it's this sieve that separates the true from the false. And we go about life doing that, constantly saying, is this true? Yes or no. Is this false? Yes or no. And just, just doing that with, our, with life. But really, what our minds really are is like old flypaper, right? Where stuff sticks when it appeals to us, falls off when it doesn't, and there's rarely any other metric. It's just, you know, what whatever sticks, sticks, and what doesn't, doesn't. That's kind of more like what it is. But it goes more mundane than that. I wanna So take Christians out, take paranormalists out, take any religion out, take anybody who believes in a different reality from the materialistic out. In our everyday lives, we have a lot of practice at believing, right? We go around doing it every part of our life, in mundane things, I mean. Uh, we believe we're not going to die in a car wreck when we jump in the car, right? We believe that the weight we gained in our 30s is a temporary condition. <laughs> we we um, believe tons of those mundane ideas that regularly turn out wrong. That one day you do get in a car wreck. Uh, that one day you realize, man, I'm just old and out of shape. That's just me. That's who I am now. I mean, if our mundane beliefs regularly turn out wrong, then our extravagant beliefs don't have a chance. That's really that second evidence against the paranormal for me. So let's go to the real beat, the, the number one reason why I don't believe in the paranormal. And this is one that I can't shirk even if I wanted to. I could shirk science. I could even shirk elasticity of belief. I can say there's probably one of these beliefs is right. So you're just trying to wrap your brain around the one that's right. You can, so you can shirk, do a lot of shirking around that. But the one I can't shirk is the evidence of my own personal experiences. That's what every single belief comes down to for all of us, right? It, whether it's a belief in a Holy Ghost or the Canterville Ghost, you know, the belief in the basic goodness of humanity or the basic jerkiness of humanity. We measure everything against our own personal experiences. And if that doesn't match up, we say, go fish. It's not true. In my experience, this is what's true. And that's the reality I'm walking around life with, even though... Even though we all fully know that our senses suck. They're always getting tricked. They're always getting uh, wrong. Memory is wiggly. We pretend that every memory we have in our head is correct, correctly interpreted, correctly recorded, correctly. And we, it's not. It's a, it's a lot more wiggly than that. These, our experiences are limited in every possible way is what I'm trying to get at. That what we're not misinterpreting, we're deliberately fooling ourselves about. I mean, I would say that I don't know why we trust our experiences at all, except 
that we have to. We have no other choice than to believe our experiences, which means we have to all know that we're probably mostly wrong, <laughs> if not fully wrong about things. I mean, this is all introduction to why my about my own personal experiences, but we have to, I have to put that caveat in there that personal experience is usually wrong, but that's all I have to rely on. So in my personal experience, I've never seen a ghost. I just haven't had that experience. So a lot of people tell me, well, you're just one experience away from being a complete believer. And I would say yes, because of reason number two, right? The elasticity of human belief, you can change your beliefs on a dime or on a week or in, over the course of two years. But that doesn't mean you're changing to a, the correct view of reality. But here's the thing that I always try to tell people when I say I haven't, I haven't had a ghostly experience or a paranormal experience. Uh, again, it goes back to oddity hunting. It goes back to like what I do fundamentally and what I love doing. I have stayed overnight in a 150-year-old decommissioned prison. I've slept at a murder scene. I've hung out at haunted castles, cemeteries at midnight. In fact, I've probably spent more time in cemeteries than my own guest bedroom. I've tiptoed my way through abandoned asylums. I've participated in seance multiple times, had tons of readings done, played the Ouija. I don't know. I couldn't even count how many times I played the Ouija. I've sought out spiritualist landmarks, walked through haunted artifact collections, entered haunted caves, haunted factories, haunted hospitals, haunted hotels, haunted restaurants. I've lived in houses that are over a century old. I've been in classic ghost scenarios as often as I've had weekends. And I've done all that not with a closed mind, not as a debunker, not as a skeptic capital S, but just 100% as a dude who likes creepy stuff. So I wasn't out there trying to prove anything. I was just trying to make my life enjoyable. And in all that time, officially, mm, I don't even want to count the years, but it's, I always say a decade, but at this point it's probably a decade and a half. I've just never had anything even close to a paranormal experience. Not so much as a boo whispered in my ear in the dark. Not even something I could make sound cool with just a little bit of exaggeration. And that's why I don't believe in ghosts. Like, how could I believe in ghosts? And I know the, the, another response to that would be, why don't you believe in the possibility of ghosts? And that, to me, is not a belief. <laughs> belief in the possibility is just, is just not a belief. <laughs> it's like, that show's probably good. I haven't seen it, but it's possibly good. Again, maybe I am just one experience away. I don't know. But if that's true, I'm going to be really pissed at the paranormal for taking so long to say hi. Like, if I am 82... And suddenly, Jacob Marley comes clomping down the hallway with chains all over him. I'm going to want to punch it. I'll be like, are you kidding me? I went 87 years and now you're going to tell me there's ghosts? So anyway, that, that's, that's my take. That's my take. But again, remember back at the beginning of this, that was just the first sentence, right? I don't believe in the paranormal. The other half of that was, I am super glad. Actually, no, that's not what I said. I, I am glad that other people do. So, so why is that? It really simple. This is a really simple one. This wasn't, isn't, doesn't contort me in knots when I talk and make me sound confusing. I like that people believe in ghosts because I like ghost stories. And if people didn't believe in ghosts, we'd have fewer ghost stories. Our lore would be impoverished. Our legends would be weaker. Our metaphors sickly. And I like oddballs. I'll, I'll give it to you straight. I like oddball people. I like the person running around an attic with some kind of electronic device that was never meant to detect paranormal energy looking for ghosts. I like that as long as it's sincere. As long as it's honest. You know, I hate it when it's for a camera or for a TV show. But if it's you sincerely wanting to do that with your weekend, you're a friend of mine. I'll do that with you, actually. I love, you know, I always tell ghost hunters, I love I love spooky stories. I love chopping through old buildings after at night. I love learning the history of local areas. I love everything that you do except for the ghost hunting part. So I'll just hang out and have a fun time. And you can, uh, you can like, you know, uh, listen for EVPs and stuff. 
So that's it. That's my very disappointing take on the paranormal. So this is a little bit of a bummer of a, of a podcast for those who believe, maybe. And for those who don't, who are more like me and that they just like the odd and the macabre and the spooky and the creepy um, without going all the way into believing that reality. All right. Cool. <laughs> we believe the same thing. I should stick to just visiting things and talking about what I visit. What to tell you, what to tell you. Um, not a ton going on. I'm still pushing Cursed Objects as my latest thing that you can buy to support the work. Uh, I'm still really active on Patreon. It's probably the only place I am active on right now uh, with weekly newsletters. I'm getting bad at social media uh, or social media is getting bad at me. One of the two, maybe both of them. My next book doesn't come out for another, you know, four or five months. The Smash Man of Dread End. But it is kind of starting to get to sneak out there. If you're uh, on NetGalley, you can request a copy. It's there. People have started to review it there. So it's it's the very, 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 very beginning stages of me pushing a book about a monster <laughs> that I wouldn't believe in in real life. I'm J.W. Oker, stuck in the world of skepticism, and this has been an episode of Odd Things I've Seen, the podcast. 